Um, okay, are we are we ready? How are you doing, Rebecca? You need a minute? You're good? I'm good. Jeremy, Michelle, you guys okay? Yep. All right. I'm gonna call this meeting of the Marine County Planning Commission to order. Uh, it's Thursday, October twelfth. Um, can we do a roll? Could you try again? <laughs> nope. Can we do can we do a roll call, please, Claudia? I mean sorry, Cindy. Hello. <laughs> Commissioner Dickerson? Present. Commissioner Perez? Here. Commissioner Becker? Commissioner Lynn? Here. Commissioner Commissioner Moraya? Here. Commissioner Lynn? Here. Commissioner Bailey? Here. Commissioner Sopanovich. All right, we are we are small, but we are mighty today. Um Next item is to is the minutes from our last meeting on September 11th. I need to recuse myself. I was not present. Thank you. Okay. I'll move approval as drafted. I'll second. Okay. Moved by Commissioner Dickinson and seconded by Commissioner Lind. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? No. Okay. Great. Um, any communications by commissioners that you would like to report to the commission? Hearing none, we will move on to the director's report. Good afternoon, planning commissioners. Thank you so much for coming today. I think we have an important topic to discuss with you. Um, before that, I wanted to take you through just for a minute what's coming up. And boy, are we going to keep you busy. You're going to be getting huge packets of information in the mail. Just in time for the holidays. Just in time for the holidays, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So. Um, Today we have ADUs. This is, uh, as you know, really a continuation of uh, the hearings that you held earlier this year about development code amendments. Um, and uh, in just a moment, uh, Michelle will take you through those. Uh, on the 23rd, we're going to have the first hearing uh, on the short-term rental ordinance. Uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. It's the second one because yeah. you already had a, a workshop talking about some of the background and the public outreach that took place. Um, this is another workshop. Uh, in other words, we're not going to have a um, resolution for you. Uh, but it will have a much uh, more analysis in terms of um, what we have been thinking and uh, the draft um, standards. Uh, and uh, we'll take you through those. I anticipate there's going to be a lot of public testimony. That's the only thing that we have scheduled for that day. Uh, then on November 13th, we've got a couple of things. Um, we will have uh, the hearing on the short-term rentals. At that point, we will have a resolution, uh, and we will have the draft ordinance for your review. And uh, in addition, there's going to be an ALOC hearing on that date. Uh, that is because a housing project has been going through the review process in the city of Novato. That's within the referral boundary, and so we're bringing it forward to, to the ALUC for your consideration. Then on November 27th, if we're able to make the date, um, we're going to have a workshop on the development co code amendments related to the housing element. Uh, Manny Barricat's working on this um, along with me, and uh, we're going through the changes that were made from the housing element that were not put in the development code. You may remember that there were a number of code amendments that were made during the housing element process, but because there was still uncertainty um, about what was actually going to be adopted, there were a number of amendments that were follow-up to that housing element effort, and that's what's being brought forward. We're going to have two hearings. The first one is on November 27th, and then the second one's going to be on December 11th. We have nothing else scheduled for either of those dates um, at the moment. so. Um, they're, they're still being worked on. We have not made those public, but we'll, we'll put, put those out as soon as we can. Okay. Is that it? That's it. <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy. Yes, question. Jeremy, I had a question. The ALUC referral in Novato, uh, do you know where that project is? Uh, sorry, not off the top of my head. And it's not it's not 
a rehearing on one we've already seen, like no, the it's Habitat yeah, it's for Humanity one. project. Okay. Okay. Now, any other questions for Jeremy? Now's the time for open time for public expression for anyone who wants to address the commission on items that are not already on the agenda. Okay, great. Seeing none, we are moving on to item four, the meat of today, development code amendments related to the ADUs. Hi, Michelle. As usual, we have a huge turnout for development code amendments, <laughs> um, which, you know, I, I will say is one of the reasons why we rely on your commission so much. These are important, um, but they're uh, difficult, um, especially for the public to review. So, you know, having your close attention is, is very important to us and to the Board of Supervisors. So with that, I will turn it over to Michelle to talk about the ADUs a little bit more. Thank you, Jeremy. Good afternoon, commissioners. Next slide, please. Um, so many of you might be thinking, didn't we already go through this process? So, <laughs> um, so I'll get into some background in my presentation today. Um, before you are code amendments related to the um, accessory dwelling unit provisions contained in Title 22, the development code. And as with all of our code amendments, we try to follow the case principle of code, which is clear, affordable, simple, and enforceable code. Next slide, please. So I wanted to provide some background um, to talk about where we have been and where we hope to go. So back um, earlier this year, um, staff undertook the 2023 development code amendments, which were part of a um, biannual review of the development code. And in those amendments, we also um, proposed amendments related to ADUs. And that was to address um, three state laws that came into effect at the beginning of 2023. So right when we were set to bring the 2023 development code amendments to you, we received an email from HCD um, that informed us that the agency believed that we were not um, applying the state law correctly. Specifically, they stated that um, it was their um, interpretation of the law that two accessory dwelling units were allowed on single family lots and multiple ADUs um, are, were allowed on multifamily lots. Um, staff proposed an amendment to reflect that comment from HCD. So the development code amendments with the ADU um, proposed amendments were reviewed by your commission from March through May there were three separate um, hearings to discuss those amendments. And on May 8th, your commission, next slide please, your commission recommended a set of code amendments to the Board of Supervisors. On July 6th, we received comments from HCD regarding the ADU-related code amendments. And then on July 28th, HCD provided a review of the county's 2021 ADU code amendments. And you were um, provided with a supplemental memo last week, which, um, which provided a detailed response to each of the um, from that July 28th letter. Next slide, please. So to allow time to review and respond to HCD's comments, staff um, removed those ADU-related code amendments from the 2023 development code amendments, and we subsequently brought the development code amendments to the board, and they approved those on August 15th. So here we are, <laughs> next slide, before you today um, with proposed ADU code amendments, and they really fall into two buckets. Um, the first is those amendments that you already reviewed as part of your review um, process from March to May. The second bucket are those amendments that you're reviewing for the first time, and some of those are um, staff proposed amendments to provide further clarity, 
and some of those are in response to HCD's comments from their um, February email and their July um, letters. Next slide, please. So of those amendments before you that you've already reviewed, you might remember some of these, um, we propose to expand category ones to include attached units. So under the current code, um, a section of the category one units, those are those 800 square foot units. They really um, just uh, talk to detached units. This is expanded to include detached and attached. Um, we refined and expanded categories two and three. There are height increases to the height limit for detached ADUs that were proposed that you've reviewed before. That was the six, from the 16 feet to the 18 feet. Um, and then your commission added language in to the recommendations um, for the board to consider regarding rental terms for JDUs. And that was to restrict JDUs to rental terms for longer than 30 days. So that is before you again today. And then um, the last were the two accessory dwelling units allowed on single family lots. So if you'll remember, um, in response to HCD's February email, staff included language in the proposed amendments that would allow those two units. And the um, proposed amendments that your commission recommended to the board eliminated that. So in the July correspondence from HCD, they reiterated the state requirement that two ADUs um, are allowed on single family lots, but you will notice that we refined that a bit from what um, we had proposed earlier and so um, in that refinement, two category one ADUs would be allowed on a single family lot. One would, would be required to be a new detached unit, and then the other could be um, conversion of, of existing floor area in a detached outbuilding or in a single family residence. So there's, a, there's some further refinement there that's, that's new. Next slide, please. Okay, so um, of those amendments that you're seeing for the first time, um, HCD in their comment letter um, indicated that ADUs cannot be subject to a discretionary permit process. So under the, the um, old or the existing <laughs> code category framework, we had a category to allow that kind of a a, a consideration of ADUs maybe that we hadn't considered before, and that was category four. That has been eliminated. Um, also, HCD um, commented that the standard that um, was contained in categories two and three, which talked about um, ADUs related to sensitive habitat areas and being located in very higher <coughs> high fire hazard severity zones, that that was not consistent with state law. We propose to remove that. Um, we propose to reconcile the kitchenette definition, and that kitchenette definition is really um, relevant to junior accessory dwelling units only. Um, we propose to reconcile that definition with state law. And um, the last is, and this was also on an alternative that was provided in the supplemental memo to you that went out last week. Um, we took another look at state law um, with regard to rental term restrictions. And what we found in that review was that under state law, restricting um, rental terms to, um, to than 30 days really can only apply to the category one ADUs. Not all ADUs, but just those that fall under category one. So that is a, um, an alternative 
that um, is presented to you in that supplemental memo. I just want to I just want to clarify. Um, state law requires that we prohibit short-term rentals on category one ADUs. State law does not require that we prohibit short-term rentals on other types of ADUs, but that does not mean that you can't do that. And we have not changed our recommendation. Um, we just, previously we had said state law blanket prohibits on any kind of ADU, and when we when we looked at that more closely, it's actually more nuanced than that. So we just wanted to kind of correct the record a little bit and let you know that if for some reason you do want to have that prohibition only affect Category 1 ADUs, that would be consistent with, with state law. The only other thing I'd, I'd mention is that Michelle talked about a number of emails and other communications from HCD, which I think are, are all important, but I do want to say that HCD, my understanding is HCD is doing a statewide audit of all of the um, uh, regulations regarding ADUs. And the official letter that we received, I think it's signed by the director, is really at a different level than all the other um, emails that we may have received from HCD staff, right? So that's the one that we're responding to, and that's really the one that's, that's important here. And it doesn't, it doesn't, that letter does not actually include some of the things that other, other uh, emails and correspondence had received, but, it's, but it is um, absolutely something that we need to respond to. We responded, um, we had 30 days to respond to that letter. Um, we asked for an extension, which they gave to us, and then we responded late, but we did respond, and you have our responses in your packet. Commissioner Curran. Um, I, I just, um, a couple things. Uh, thank you for clarifying the Category 1, Category 2, 30-day restriction, because that's important to me, at least, um, and so we could talk about that. But um, I, I had a question on, uh, I was trying to understand, Michelle, what you said. Um, you, you said that you, the staff, um, further refined language um, since your last correspondence with HCD. Is that, did I, am I paraphrasing that correctly? I'm just wondering if everything that you've proposed now has indeed passed muster with HCD. Well, I mean, so our so one, for one one confusing thing is that when HCD did their audit, they did not audit what your commission had reviewed; they audited what was already codified. So um, that's a little bit confusing. <laughs> um, and in our responses to HCD, what we said was we're going to propose ways of amending the code so, so that it complies with their. Um, requirements. We have not asked them and they have not offered to review the development code amendments that are before you today, but we do believe that they are consistent with their direction and we don't know that they will ever review them. Okay, um, thank you. Thank you. Sorry, just a quick follow-up on that. So the communications that we've received from HCD since our last review of these development code amendments relating to the ADUs was not in response to what we proposed, but what was already codified. Yeah, that's right, because they're, okay. they're doing a statewide audit yeah, yeah. Of, of all of them. So they're just looking at what's in the code and then commenting to us. And that's why it's a little bit confusing and the emails mm -hmm. are kind of confusing. So just keep in mind that they did the audit the letter that we responded to is is in relation to the existing code, not the proposal. Um, and what we think is that we've met all their requirements in in, uh, in our proposal to you today. Okay, Commissioner Dickinson. Um, Jeremy, as I understand it, there is no requirement for HCD review. I mean, not unlike the housing element where they're required to review and, and well, either accept it. Or we're required to send it to them. Which we, okay. which we do after the board adopts it. Um, we have never heard from them before. I mean, as you can imagine, they're getting at least from all over the state. Um, and we don't anticipate that we're gonna hear from them, but we, we do send it to them. And as I recall, the 
February letter from HCD was in response to a complaint from someone in Marin that had come in and applied and was told that they couldn't, and then they complained HCD, and that's, I'm trying to remember back to history, and that's why we got the letter from HCD saying we were wrong in terms of the number of units, but. Yeah, so what you're talking about is an email from HCD staff, right. and that's why I think we need to draw a distinction between emails back and forth about a particular project, because HCD is responding to what an applicant is telling them they've submitted rather than reviewing what they've actually submitted, <laughs> right? So it's a little bit, that's why, I mean, but the audit and the letter, that's what really matters. And the other thing I will add, because uh, Michelle <coughs> di didn't cover this, but, I, you know, and I've brought this up before, that there is, and I think this is what that, that case was about, there is this um, odd kind of circumstance when people are submitting um, an ADU um, at the same time as they're, say, doing an addition, right? And the issue is that um, the state law is very easy to game because if you're submitting an ADU, you're able to go over the floor year ratio, for example, encroachment to the setbacks, all, all those types of things. And so the game is the sequence, right? If you submit your addition first and then get that approved and then build it and then come in later with an ADU, well, then you get the extra for the ADU. The problem with that is, for one thing, everyone tries to game it all the time, mm -hmm. which, is, it, which is just difficult to handle. And for another thing, it doesn't actually get us anything because in the end, they're allowed to do it. And for most you know, property owners, once you've like hired an architect and, ha and hired contractors and all that kind of thing, really it's a matter of inconvenience to have this game going. And so what we've proposed is to actually say, if you're doing an addition and an ADU um, at the same time, what we're gonna do is we're gonna calculate the floor area of the um, addition first <laughs> and then the ADU second so that we don't have to ask people to play this game anymore. We don't like playing games with people. If they're allowed to do something, we'd rather just say you're allowed to do it, um, which is, is the case here. So you'll find that that is a substantive change, and I think it's in the definition of floor area. But that's what that's about, is it's, we're just building that sequence, that game, that sequence into how we're actually calculating floor area to begin with, so we don't have to, to, to deal with our clients in, in, in that way anymore. Then I had one um, additional question, and that was, uh, from what I understand, their problem with using the very high fire um, uh, safety zone limitations on ADUs was that you could only do that if you treated um, primary residents the same way. That as long as you were allowing single-family homes, you also had to allow ADUs. Was that correct? That's correct, and I think um, you know. I think I think some of their interpretations are better than than others um, in terms of what the state law says. HCD tends to be very you know pro ADU, but I will say that just in in terms of conversations and feedback with with Cal Fire and other agencies, it does seem as though at the state level at least, CAL FIRE is essentially saying if you build in accordance with, with uh, Building Code 7A, um, our evidence shows that those structures are relatively safe, even in case of a wildfire. And so as CAL FIRE, like, we're not going to start getting in the way of housing development. And that, that seems to be sort of the gist that I'm seeing more and more in, that, in the relationship between the two. And this kind of goes along with that. Um, and I think the, the general feeling is, uh, among, at least with HCD, is you're really only going to be able to prevent people from building in fire-prone areas if you have other restrictions on, exist on like single-family residences and other things. You can't just single out ADUs, and you need to have um, very strong evidence in terms of an actual study of a particular area to demonstrate that you're not allowed to do that. 
um, while we do have lots of fire prone areas, we don't actually have studies in particular areas that, are de that demonstrate that, and I think we'd be very hard pressed to create those studies. And if you comply with the fire code, you can actually build a single family house basically anywhere. I mean, the designation doesn't keep you from building, it just specifies what you have to do. Exactly. In terms of screening yeah. under decks and vents and all that stuff. And yeah, it's, and, and you know, I've seen multiple presentations from fire departments and, and CAL FIRE where, you know, it shows um, the devastation that a wildfire can cause, except for this one house over here, which is almost brand new and it's just fine. You know, so I think there is evidence out there. And uh, I guess now my final question. Um, when we, somewhere along the line, when we were hearing this, we heard that a city down the peninsula was challenged. And do you know if there's any litigation regarding this um, restriction on very high fire hazard areas? Uh, you know, we didn't follow up on that. Uh, my apologies. We can try and look, we can try and look that up, but I I don't I don't know where that. that okay. Is. I, I don't know if it's. I was just resolved. curious whether that issue was being currently litigated. Not that I'm aware of. So. But we haven't followed up on that case. Okay. Thank you. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So I have a question about the category two, related to this uh, floor area exemption. Mm -hmm. So reading this section. Uh, on page 3103. Um, let me just ask if I'm understanding this correctly. So it, since there's a disclaimer here that um, 850 square feet and 1,000 square feet um, is allowed, notwithstanding any floor area restrictions, so it would seem from reading this that it's only if they want that additional 200 square feet that the floor area ratio comes into play. Is that correct? Well, uh, well, I think it's it's that the exemption comes into play. So, in other words, if you're um, if you have a floor area ratio um, to spare, and you want to build an addition, you can build an addition that's not part of the ADU up to that maximum floor area ratio. Then you can build an a uh, ADU that goes over that floor area ratio. But it can only be a thousand square feet. Yes, there's a limitation. It can't be a thousand two hundred square feet. Right. There's a limitation on the on the right. size of the ADU that would that would comply with that. Okay. Potential. So that's the only difference is that two hundred square feet. The smaller ones. I guess you could look at it are that the way. The same. The smaller ones are the same. It's eight fifty in both cases. I I think you could look at it that way, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, just what it says. Okay, I just wanted to understand, and I'm and part of the reason I'm interested in understanding that is that that is the category that there could be local discretion for applying the rental restriction to, if that was an agency policy. That's right, but there's, yes, that's right. There's discretion there. Okay, so the state law preempts for Category 1, but not for Category 2. Correct. But right now, we do not have that exemption for Category 2. So those, so those units created under this new regulation for Category 2 could be rented out as Airbnb. Not in our proposed language. Okay. In our proposed language, uh, it is a prohibition on both Category 1 and Category 2 and on J-Dues. Okay. We just wanted to raise raise this because we realized that we had previously said you had to do that and you don't have to do that if you want to change your mind about ca the category two ADUs and remove that short-term rental provision you can okay but that's discretionary on that's discretionary right okay. we're not recommending it but you can do it okay I understand it thank you should, should we perhaps have the public here it seems like we're starting to get into the are there any other questions mm -hmm. about opining Okay, so yeah, let's let's open public comment. Um, are there any members of the public who would wish to address the commission? <laughs> would you mind stepping up to the microphone, sir? Please, thank you. Thing that comes to mind, and I haven't attended uh, other prior meetings on, in reference to to this, but uh, handicap is that being covered as to whether it's required or not, or it's a choice by the property owner. No. 
Is that a question that you would like to take up? <coughs> it's really a building code question. Uh, oh. Handicapped access is, is uh, required under the building code, um, I think, for institutional and commercial uses. I don't think ADUs are subject to that requirement. Okay. So ADUs are not subject to the handicap requirement? To well, I think it may be a case that the... Um, State defines an ADU as a single-family use, and single-family homes are not subject to ADA. Right, right, yeah. I think that's probably the way it works. Yeah, that's probably a better way of saying it, because multifamily, yes. Yeah. Commissioner Murayas. Thank you. Hi. I just want, oh, sorry. I just want to, can you hear me okay? Yeah. yeah perfect. Um, wanted to go back to what uh, Commissioner Lynn was saying about the third guys are not recommending that but we can put that provision on so we're well we're recommending that you prevent um, short-term rentals on any kind of ADU or JDU that's our recommendation perfect okay and then so but the state only requires 30 days that's the state rule right the state, oh, state law, sorry. only requires that we had that provision for category 1 ADUs and for JDUs it's discretionary for Category 2. Thank you. I, I have a Mr. number. Were you finished, Rebecca? I'm done, yeah. Um, the, um, <clears throat> well, um, uh, a few things. Um, the, um, um, first of all, I mean, th thank you for <laughs> working on this. This is, this is, this is uh, the, the, having to deal with the way state law is written makes this incredibly challenging. I, I get that. Um, as, as, as I looked at it, and, and actually as uh, um, uh, my fellow commissioner just said, um, the, um, it really seems that w what Category 1 is is um, no, no permit required, no, and Category 2, permit discretionary permit. Could we, could we subhead them that way so people don't have to wait all the way through it? To, I mean, I just think it for clarity purposes to just define category one that way and then and then and then further say um, this is the criteria that that establishes whether that whether you're in this category or not it just I think would make reading it easier um, and especially when you're dealing with something like this anything we can do to make it easier is, is a good thing um, I had a, a and, and am I correct because I I, I thought I heard you say something different, so I want to make sure. Both category three and four are gone. Three's been collapsed into two, and yeah, and I mean they're okay. Um, the um, um, I wanted to I had a question on the multifamily on on, on page one hundred two. Your first comment, actually. Yes. So. I mean, we, we made up these categories when we had multiple categories, right? Yes. So it made more sense to do it that way. What the state now calls Category 1 is what they call the statewide exemption ADU. And uh, we can call it that. Um, and we can call the other one an ADU that requires an ADU permit. I, I, that would if be that great. Would be, if that would be easier, we can mm -hmm. change that. I mean, it's a, I think it's just an administrative change. We can change. It's not really substantive. We can just change, make that change. We, it would ripple through the entire document, though, because it's it's called out in many different in many different places. Mm -hmm. um, I do want to point out, though, that it is important that the statewide exemption ADUs are indicated in the section called land use entitlement uh, permit uh, exemptions, because. They're not just exempt from ADU permits, they're exempt from all entitlements. And that's why they're in that section. So mm -hmm. we would leave it in that section and we can change it to statewide exemption versus ADU permit or I don't know, we'll call it something else. I, I just think that would simplify a bit for the reader to, to sort it that way, but that makes sense what you're saying. Um, on, um, on page, I'm, I'll tr try and be coherent. Um, on page uh, 102, 3-102, um, this is really a question, but um, so, so state law um, is saying that as category one, um, there can be um, 
uh, ADUs in, in dwelling units allowed in portions of building that are um, uh, not conditioned to be habitable, such as boiler rooms, storage rooms, passageways, attics, basements, and garages. Am I correct that the building code would come to the rescue here? Yeah, that's exactly how it's intended. So they would have to condition it. They'd have to meet the building code's requirements for habitable space. Including windows for exiting and emergent, all that? Including all the things. Oh, okay, okay. Good. I'll sleep better. All right. Um, <laughs> and um, on, um, on the next page on 103, um, I have a lot of comments here that then subsequently got answered, so I got to wait through them. Um, uh, I, I thought the wording I thought the wording was a, um, maybe a little awkward on um, in category three point three bullet three um, shall comply with all development standards for that district and is located. Um, uh, it, I, I was just wondering why why I'm the sorry, wording you're changed. At Page 103103. 103, 103 B, category 3.2. Category 2, I'm sorry. Yeah, point 3. Um, it's just a small thing. I just, I just thought the word is was odd, and maybe you just mean and, like, why, why shall be. Um, I didn't this understand. This is a criteria that they need to meet, so um, I think grammatically. Maybe you're just picking up state language or something. I think is is correct grammatically. Mm-hmm. And is located. Okay. It's 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 referring back to the ex so accessory dwelling unit. Okay. So, so that's the more sh saying shall be is not not correct. Um, uh, on point four, um, it had talked about um, uh, earlier numerical uh, development restrictions, and it seemed to me like that needed to be. Stated because um, uh, except uh, earlier in point four, except that a, a numerical development restriction um, shall govern where applicable. Um, so you think there's a problem with saying that in terms of the master plan? No, actually, I'm I'm rethinking my point here. Um, uh, what we're saying is, however, one bedroom unit. That the last sentence that is up to 850 square feet shall be allowed, um, notwithstanding any floor area restrictions. Does that also include or numerical development restrictions? If it's, if it's that, if it's just the one bedroom up to 850? No, I don't believe so. No. It's not? Okay. It's just, right. the, it's just the floor area. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Um, thank you for putting in the junior, junior ADU 30-day restriction. I... I, I feel it's really important for any number of reasons. These ADUs going to be popping up all over. They're supposed to serve a purpose of creating housing, not just extra bedrooms for, for houses. And um, even though I realize there's limits to, you know, how that's how that's governed, but I also feel it's important for it to be really clear. Um, I, I think for enforceability to have a 30-day restriction apply to all the ADUs and JDUs that are permitted is makes enforcement much simpler and easier. It makes it easier for the public to understand. It makes it easier for, and I know enforcement is very often um, complaint-based. And if there's simpler, clearer, more uniform standards, it just makes it a, a heck of a lot easier to, uh, to, for people to understand them and for them to, to be um, uh, honored um, in my expression. Um, I think I have a few other things, but I'll shut up and uh, look for them. I'm going to take. I'm going to take one clarification. One. Yeah, just one second. I'm going to take one second to, sir. I know that you've been before our commission before, but I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. Can you? Would you mind coming to the microphone and stating your name for our record, please? Yeah. Yes, Jack Crystal. Thank you, Mr. Like Crystal. Billy, but with a K. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Noted. Thank you. And I forgot to close the public hearing. And with that, I'm going to close the public hearing and turn it back to the commission one more time. Yes, Commissioner so I Lynn. Have one little clarification. So following up on that last comment, so if a person had a single-family residence with spare bedrooms, they could offer 
a bedroom in their primary residence for Airbnb, but if they had an, a JDU in that same structure, they could not offer the JDU for Airbnb. Yeah, and, and as I Is that kind of like raise every time, like nobody ever wants JDUs, right? Because you don't get anything for a JDU and we right. don't regulate kids anyway. No, I'm just trying to understand, and I know this is not the long-term, the short-term rental ordinance. We'll probably rehash this again, but based on what we have said here today, that's my understanding of where things stand right now. Well, right, right now there's right. a moratorium in certain areas. Right, right. I understand that, but yes. <laughs> but in terms of the regulations. Yeah, right. So if you have a four-bedroom house and you want to offer part of it as a Airbnb, you can do that as long as the area you're offering is not an ADU. Correct. You can move into the ADU and rent out your bedroom. That's true too. You could do that because you're not because you're there longer than 30 days of the ADU. Exactly. <laughs> right. Okay. Commissioner Dickinson. Um, Jeremy, I have a question uh, based on Commissioner Curran's comments and under this uh, page three dash one zero three bullet. Four. Um, th does that describe the situation we had in the Oakview subdivision? I thought in the staff report it referred to a maximum 800 square feet being exempt. Would this, because that's yeah. a planned district zoning. Yeah, th this right. This applies in the in the Oakview case because they were developing them within the building envelopes established by the master mm -hmm. plan. They were exceeding the master plan's requirements for floor area. But I thought in the staff report for that project, it referred to up to 800 square feet. They chose all to be under 800. I mean, they were like 799. And um, this would have allowed 850 plus and would have allowed up to 1,000 if it's a two-bedroom unit as opposed to the one-bedroom that they but proposed. I think those were all one-bedroom. They were all one bedroom, yeah. Yeah, that's why the 800. Okay, but they could have gone up to two bedroom and a thousand square feet under this wording, is that correct? Yeah, right. Okay. Any other comments, questions? I mean, I'm just gonna note that Commissioner Curran proposed that uh, we extend the 30-day requirement across both categories as opposed to allowing Category 2 to be discretionary, so maybe we can talk about that. That's, um, it, that's in the draft before you. Okay. That's our recommendation. Right. It's in the draft. Right, right, right. Sorry, yes. Does anybody have any thoughts or comments on that revision? Commissioner Morales. Yes. I just have a question. Um, is 30 days what the state requires by law, or is that the number that we're given? Meaning, can we give it a higher number? Well, for category one, it's state law. Um, statewide exemption does not allow um, short-term rentals. Short-term rentals are defined by state law as uh, anything under 30 days. Um, I, I would not rec, I mean, we're recommending that you just apply that to all ADUs. <laughs> That's the simplest way of doing it. You do have discretion about, you know, with the other about category two ADUs. If you want to change that, you you can. We don't recommend it, but you can. But but the thirty days is commonly used. I mean, that is not something we're only using here. That's the definitive short-term rentals. That I think generally accepted, but generally used. Well, that's right. And there's a whole bunch of other state laws that kick in past that. So. For well, there's all kinds of tenant rights and all kinds of things that kick in past 30 days, and that's why it's widely accepted that short-term rental means less than 30 days. It's not something we're making up here. Yeah. It's a month-to-month it's -month tenancy, basically. Yes. Right. Thank you. Actually, on that issue, I do support uh, what's in the draft, uh, including all of them. I think, as I've said in the past on these discussions, we should be cautious in our approach and if it turns out that's not a problem we want to change it in the future we could all, always amend the ordinance but uh, my approach through all of this has been be as restrictive as you can to begin with and you can always back down later if it doesn't turn out to be a problem any other thoughts on on that on the 30-day minimum yet? just if if there's if there's no restriction no 30-day restriction um, and uh, Commissioner Dickinson just just put it well, but the um, people could, in theory, build something 
thinking that they're going to short-term rent, that they're going to Airbnb it or whatever, and then clawing back, clawing that back, people are going to complain that you know that they they, they relied upon that, and and so I think it's it's just for any number of reasons the right way to go. Yeah, I think it, I'm not sure you could claw it back. I mean, because I think once mm -hmm. once you've established uh, a use then the, if you change the code, be, that use becomes legal non-conforming. So you cannot expand the use, but you can't take it away either. Right. So once they've been approved, permitted, and what have you, yeah. Well, it's not just permitted, it's, it's what they have, once they've established the use, which is allowed under the code at that time, they, they can't expand it, but you can't take it away either. Well, but in, I mean, in theory, I mean, there are communities that have that have um, just uh, prohibited Airbnb, you know, and prohibited those kinds of short-term rentals. Mm -hmm. And they seem to be able to do that kind of retroactively, uh, you know, and doing that with everybody, no matter how they came, how their property got uh, developed, improved, with what in mind, you know. So, but, it, but it's the hard way to go to be certain. Um, and so I, I think it sounds like there's some concurrence here about how to go. Mm -hmm. Any other comments about any of the development code amendments that are proposed today? Well, I, I just had one other question, and that's about kit kitchenettes, uh, efficiency kitchens, uh, as state law says. So those are two different things. Right, but, but we are now m adopting efficiency definition, basically, correct? I thought that's what the letter, I thought that's what the HCD correspondence uh, compelled, us, email. compelled us to <laughs> yeah. do. So, so it, it, it is confusing, and I think one of the things that HCD did was they kind of conflated two different things. So let, let's be clear. An efficiency unit is defined in building code. It, it's a term that's defined in building code. And ADU law, not JDU law, ADU law says an efficiency unit meets the definition of an ADU. So you can have an efficiency unit which is an ADU. And within the efficiency unit definition, there's a description of the food preparation facilities that comply. Okay, that's one world. There's another world for the JDUs where it talks about what, your, what food preparation facilities need to be allowed for a JDU, and that's what we're talking about in terms of the kitchenette. We're aligning with that, not with the efficiency unit. That's, that's a different thing. Right, because if it's an efficiency unit, it's an ADU, not a JDU. Okay. But if I understand, then, regardless of what you call it, um, that it 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 just t talks about appliances, right? It doesn't doesn't talk about a refrigerator, or a sink, or a cooktop, or anything. It's just you could have a toaster, um, and uh, and a Food preparation not even needed, um, uh, and, a, and a, if, if you've got a food preparation counter and some storage, um, your doesn't even call for sink. Um, and we pushed back on that, and yeah. we said we're going to at least require a sink. And if a HCD wants to argue with us about whether a kitchen needs a kitchen sink, let, they can argue with us. But that seems to need some common sense to us. Okay. I, 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 based on what you're saying about j nobody pursuing JDUs, and I totally get why. Um, I, th it's like you're imposing a restriction on yourself to no particular advantage. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't expect an explosion of these things. But, um, but it's still uh, kind of puzzling that uh, just how very, very minimal the, the, the definition is that meets a kitchenette. Yeah, JDUs, like I've said, are just, they're just not an issue because we never get them. The efficiency unit thing is an issue, though, because you know I think as we've put forward to you before, like we really want to make sure that even if they're not developed in such a way that they're intended for housing when they're first built, that these can be livable units. So maybe they'll be used that way in the future. So we really do want to make sure that wherever we can, we can require full kitchens. Right, we, we, we get that there's this thing about efficiency units in the ADU law, unfortunately, and we have to comply with the law. 
But otherwise, we're going to require full kitchens in those. Just, just one, one other um, issue uh, that, that I've got, and this may or may not be relevant to, to, to this language here, but um, um, a, as we saw in the, in the recent subdivision, um, that um, it, 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 people, people for ADUs they, um, and JADUs, there has to be an exterior entrance. Great, that's fine. Um, but there's, there's no rule right now about where that can be located. And um, it, it, it's my belief that the closer that entrance is to the main entrance for the house, the less likely that unit is to ever be rented for, for housing, for the, for the purpose that the state hopes. And so I'd love it if we could uh, this, uh, somewhere reflect some language that said, and I realize it has to be, it has to be um, non-discretionary. It has to be, you know, a clear standard that that one meets. But where uh, entrances for JDUs for for excuse me for ADUs uh, should be uh, separated from the main entrance wherever that's physically possible. It's not always going to be physically possible. Is that something that we can do? It's not going to be allowed. We can't dictate that. Even if it's across the land, non-discretionary boilerplate. No. no. Okay, that's too bad. But all right, thank you. But the applicant can, at their discretion, ask for the additional 150 square feet at the entry, wherever that is. Yeah, it's up to them. We have to we have to grant it to them. You can't require that in any particular place, as long as it's not in the setback. No, I mean I tend to agree with you. I think if if these are more independent, they're more likely to be rented out, but yeah, there's nothing we can really do. Well, that'll be an interesting thing to see, what the permit record shows us in a while. <laughs> Jeremy, what, what impact do you think any of this is going to have on, if any, on housing in the county? Eight well, years. Uh, I've become more skeptical as the years have gone by and we've watched more of more of these being developed um, there are certainly ADUs that are developed for you know kids who are boomeranging or you know elderly parents that kind of stuff and I think that's really where we're we're getting the actual housing um, I think however that most of the people who are building ADUs are building them because they want some extra space um, you know much more popular during COVID to have a home office. Uh, there's all kinds of reasons. It's very flexible space that can be used for a variety of different purposes. And I, I, I think it's pretty unusual that they're actually being used for rental housing. And they don't count towards our arena numbers? No, they do. Um, they don't, they're not going to address all of our arena requirements, but they do, they do a portion of them count. So, so the only real additional requirement compared with just another bedroom is the kitchen. Right. Well, I guess the bathroom too. Well, you need a yeah, you need a bathroom, you need a kitchen. It needs to be independently accessible. Um, yeah. I thought I, that's what I was understanding. I, I have a another question. This is a little bit different for multifamily. Hmm. Let's see how this phrases. If a multi existing multifamily structure were to go through a condominium procedure or a tenants in common procedure where the entire building is partitioned out through legal agreements, could the ADU involved become a separate condo? If there were an ADU in such a building, could it become a separate condo? Uh, no, it could not. Um, what about a, ten a tenants in common situation? Yeah. Because a TIC is not a subdivision, right? Right. It's still held in common, um, but uh, a condo is a subdivision. So an ADU added to an existing multifamily structure as a tenants in common proposal could be sold separately, with a separate legal agreement. Oh, I'm sorry. You're talking about the multifamily. The multifamily, only multi, only multifamily. Yeah. Um, well, TSC is a little bit different because I think it operates, I mean, it's like a co-op, right? It operates right. essentially by bylaws and, and right. things like that. So 
I don't know if it could be sold separately. There, there could be an additional shareholder, essentially. Yes, there would be an additional shareholder. Kind I think that's right, yeah. Because I think that we may see some pressure for that. I don't know mm -hmm. what, where the county policy is on that, but it's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, it, it is. And I mean, kind of going back to what your question was, I mean, if, if it did, you know, if, con, if, if doing condos or TICs and that kind of thing did um, start becoming something that people could consider for ADUs, then my guess is that that would actually lead to more housing than the current setup. Mm -hmm. Or there, I mean, some of these things kind of backfire. I mean, the idea of, of not requiring additional parking is mm -hmm. ADUs, but the unintended consequence is if you don't require additional parking, then you're not going to rent it out. Well, so. right. Although it is, these would be, it's a form of uh, entry home ownership opportunity, I suppose, might be. Yeah, we're, I mean, I'm not saying we're not getting any, but mm -hmm. there's, there's some. It's just not what we had hoped for originally. Yeah. Interesting. Commissioner Dickinson. Um, Jeremy, my recollection, uh, my history has been the county has not approved condo conversions. I mean, going back to the like the seventies, when right. with the the ordinance became so restrictive that basically I don't think there've been any condo conversions in the unincorporated area. But yeah, there's a there's a policy or program which says essentially that the rental rate for the county needs to um, achieve a certain level before condo conversions are going to be allowed and it never, it never reaches that level um, new condos can be built right you can't convert yeah. but the tenants in common could occur because that's co-ops and tenants co in common can, yeah. yeah okay interesting comments actually one final comment uh, i've been watching an application in my neighborhood which the owners are actually trying to do it as a manufactured home and arguing no review at all and no building permit even, but the the uh, online um, uh, city website, San Rafael website, lists all the correspondence back and forth between the fire department, the sanitary district, they can't do retaining walls, all kinds of stuff in order to, the owner trying to get around the requirement to have any local permit for a manufactured house, which is regulated by HCD. But it's interesting, it was not a, you'd think they just go in and do it, but that's not the way it's actually worked out. Yeah, there, it's uh, not HCD, it's HUD, but um, that that's right, you don't need a building permit for the structure. Mm -hmm. HUD, yeah. And, um, you know, especially in a place which is as uh, steep mm -hmm. um, as we're in county, that doesn't, get you out of building permits because often you have to create a pad through, you know, constructing, retaining walls, and there's a lot of civil engineering involved. So, you know, and that's often true that the, the actual building itself is not the most complicated part. What's the most complicated part is civil engineering. Okay. So what we're looking for is... Um, Either any comments, revisions, or um, a motion to approve the development code as drafted. Does anyone want to make a stab at that? Or do we have any comments? Conditions? Commissioner Dickinson. Well, I was ready to, to make a motion um, that the Planning Commission recommend, that the Planning Commission approve the draft resolution recommending that the Board of Supervisors adopt the amendments Title 22 of the Marin County Code pertaining to accessory dwelling units. And that includes a requirement that um, uh, uh, regarding uh, limitations on short-term rentals, which is already in the draft. I'll okay. second. Commissioner Dickinson moved approval and Commissioner Lind seconded. Can we do a roll call? Yes. 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 Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you. We are. Yeah, I would just like to say very good work. Thank you very much. 
very detailed and long term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Michelle. And yeah. this goes automatically to the board. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know. Well, you 